Amen. Good morning, church family. Happy New Year. If we didn't get the chance to see you last Sunday, it is good to see you. And uh, it's good to see all the kids back in the house. And uh, hopefully uh, sicknesses have run their course. And hopefully we're on the mend. It seems like things, uh, it's always one thing after another. And, uh, but we're just glad that, uh, to be together this morning. And uh, we love you very much and are thankful for uh, every single one of, of you. Um, so this morning is going to be a little bit different than the way that we normally do our, our, our Sunday morning. So a lot of times we're walking through a book of the Bible together. And so like right now we're studying through the book of Genesis. And so we'll spend you know, time in each specific passage as we walk through. Um, but we like to take a moment at the beginning of every year um, to kind of press pause and think about what it is exactly that God has called us to as a church family, so corporately, and what, it, what is it exactly that God has called us to individually, personally. So this morning, there's going to be two elements to this. We're going to be thinking about the, uh, the implications of what it means to gather together as a church, um, and we, we call it covenant membership here at Hope Valley. What, is, what does that part look like for 2023? And then we're going to have a moment at the end where we just press pause and just say, okay, Lord, what is it that you are, what are you calling me to? What is it that you are calling me to give my life to this year? And so we're going to have a moment to do that. So we won't necessarily be in one specific passage. In fact, there will be several passages that we're going to be looking at this morning um, and, uh, as, we, as, we just, as we just press pause. Most all of us are um, very, very well um, informed about what happened on uh, April the 15th. Uh, 1912, when the Titanic, the unsinkable ship, uh, was sailing and hit the iceberg and was ultimately, um, you know, completely the disaster and, and sunk. Now, for the past hundred some years, people have, experts have, have, have looked into what are the causes and the reasons and what could have been done differently and how this could have been constructed differently and how this could have, there, there's so many things that experts have looked into now, saying if they had just done this, if they had just done that, and, and there's, there's been books written, there's been articles, there's been all kinds of things written on what could have been done differently to avoid the disaster of the Titanic. But there's one thing that is common amongst all of them, and that is this, is that on the days leading up to the Titanic's disaster and sinking, at least four days up to that point, um, there were warnings of icebergs. There was warnings. There's icebergs in this, in this area that you are headed towards. Um, most of those went completely unheeded. On the morning of, there were six separate ships that, and seven different warnings of specific icebergs in the specific direction that they were headed into. And what experts agree upon is that if they had just slowed down, then it wouldn't have ended like it did. If they had just Put the brakes on, slowed it down. And so in my own life, that's what I like to do at the beginning of, of every year. And, and, and so that's what our focus is going to be this morning is let's, let's press pause. Let's take a moment to reflect and to look introspectively, like to look in and say, Lord, would you, would you show me the things that are in my heart? Would you take this time by your spirit? Uh, so let's, let's press pause this morning. I don't know what you... Um, are walking through this week. Maybe this, maybe this year 
has been incredible so far, and maybe it started off um, like you're completely uh, unexpected. But the Lord will meet you right there uh, in that moment. And so this morning, the two, the two aspects, let's think about what it means, what is God calling us to corporately as a church family, and what we call you know, covenant church membership here um, at, the, uh, at Hope Valley Church. What is God calling us to? So we, we state this again and again and again. I think we, there's a reason for that. Uh, we state our vision and our mission over and over because vision uh, sometimes is kind of like gas in a car, right? You fill it up, but eventually it kind of runs out. You've got to refill it. You've got you to state again, what are we after? What are we doing? What's God calling us to? So our vision at Hope Valley Church, as simple as we can state it, is to reach our valley with the hope that is only found in Jesus. That's as simple as we can state it. And we want to see lives transformed by the grace of God. So we want to reach our valley with the hope that's only found in Jesus. We say it again, we say it again, and we say it again. Because the hope for our nation, for our world, for our neighbors, is ultimately only found in Jesus. And so we have a responsibility then to, to shine the light on Jesus, to magnify Jesus. So when we gather, we celebrate Jesus. When we go out in the community, we represent Jesus. Everything that we do is surrounded and centered on Jesus, and he is the hope for the world. But our mission specifically, to sort of break that down, what does that look like in our, in our gatherings, our church, our church gatherings? Our desire is to see every single person, that's every single person in this room, every single person online, every single person that we encounter, we want to see them changed by the gospel. We want to see them trained up in the gospel, and we want to see them sent out with the gospel. And that's not something that happens one time. It's something that's continually happening, which means we are continually being changed by the gospel. We're continually being trained up in the gospel, and we're continually being sent out with the gospel. That's the, that's the mission that we, that we have here at, at Hope Valley. And one thing that we've talked about in recent years is sort of how we want to see that happen. Um, so I'm reading a book right now, and it's... Uh, it's called One at a Time. It's a simple, simple title, One at a Time. And the focus is diving into the life of Jesus and looking at, in the Gospels, how Jesus encountered people. And if you know, like, crowds followed Jesus all the time, didn't they? Like, everywhere Jesus went, there was a crowd. There was people who wanted to hear. There was, you know, people who wanted to, to, to listen to the teaching, who were amazed by the miracles. There was, there was a huge following that, that followed Jesus, at least temporarily. But everywhere he went, there was, a, there was a crowd. But what's so incredible about Jesus is that when you look at specific encounters that he had, he took the, the crowds and then he focused on the one. And so he would spend his time. So yes, there might be a crowd of people, but there was a woman who reached out who was sick, who had a disease for, uh, for most of her life, and she, was, she, she touched the hem of his garment. And Jesus, everything just stopped. And so, yes, there was a crowd pushing around him, but he stopped to focus on this one lady. There was other times when he was walking through the, through the crowd, and there was crowds around, and he stopped for Zacchaeus. There was a blind man one day, and he cries out, and they say, just stop. Don't bother the, don't bother the teacher, and Jesus stops for that one. See, Jesus was, was focused on one person at a time because every single person mattered. Like, every single person. And so, like, when we think about that at Hope Valley Church, that means, like, our desire is not to build a megachurch. 
We do want to reach a valley, but I believe that God's going to do that through this church family and through you and your family. He's going to do that one at a time. It's one neighbor. It's one friend. It's one family member. It's one, um, it's, it's one person at a time. It's one person at a time. And we have to have a heart for one person because they, because they matter. You guys remember the story in 2020 when COVID hit, we started sending out um, money to our partners around the world because they were really struggling. In Uganda specifically, um, when things shut down, they had no access to food. They had no access to, it was, it was devastating. And my brother was telling us, guys, it's bad over here. It's really, really bad. Um, and there's people that are literally, and it was hard for us to even grasp, but there were people that were starving to death in these villages because they weren't even allowed to go outside their village to go and get access to, to things. A- along that time, we, so we sent money. My brother Smooth and their family, they bought a bicycle. You guys remember, we actually helped them buy this motorcycle be- so that he could load it down with stuff and just take it to different places. And our partnership with Pastor Robert uh, at the church that we helped plant there in Uganda, he was... Um, we sent him a bunch of just resources so that he could go and buy rice and food and things and then distribute it to amongst the, the people in their community. So what he did was really neat, though, is that he, he gave it to church members and then let them go and give it to their neighbors. And so they could go then and minister to one another. And, and if you guys remember the story, and I, it's been a couple of years since I've told it, but um, when the report came back to us from Pastor Robert, he said, I got to tell you something that amazing that has happened he said, just the other day, one of our church members went to their neighbor to deliver some supplies and some food, and they found her about to end her life. What had happened is that she had no access to medical care. Uh, she was HIV positive. She had, her husband had left her. She had all these things against her, and the only thing that she could think of was just to end it all. He said she literally walked into her home right before she was about to end her life. And she ran to her, and she helped her. He call, she called the pastor. Pastor Robert came, talked with her, prayed with her. She surrendered her life to Jesus. And I just texted it with him this week. She is still a part of the church walking with Christ. The Lord changed her life, one at a time, one at a time. Because every single person matters. Every man, every woman Every child. They matter to the Lord and they matter to us. And so we, we reach out to those, to those people. That's the mission that God has given us as a church. And one thing that we do every year is we, we as, sort of how we call membership is partnership together, is that we partner together as believers on the mission that God has for us. And every year we sign again and we say, yes, I'm in. I'm in for this mission with, I'm on mission with Hope Valley Church, and, and so if you've ever wondered what is that, you know, what, is that, what does membership look like here at Hope Valley Church, we, you know, there's several steps to that. Several, we have a, a class that we like to explain and our core values and, and what we believe and the doctrines, and, and all of those things are super important, and we want you to know those things. We want you to ask questions about those things, and then we, we want to hear your story. We want to hear how the Lord changed your life, and we want to know um, what the Lord has done in you. We, we want to hear your testimony. And then we sign a covenant together that says, I'm in. I'm on mission with Hope Valley Church for this next year. And for those of us who have already done this, which, by the way, this is our fifth year. Isn't that crazy? 
Like, thank you, Lord. Like, so th- we're starting our fifth year of, of uh, church membership covenants together. And uh, some of you have been here from the very beginning and others, this is your, your very first time uh, hanging out with us. Um, but we, we uh, every year we re-sign that uh, church covenant. If you have questions about that, uh, you can ask me. You're going to be getting an email probably today. Those of you who are already uh, members at Hope Valley, it just a, with that little box that says, you know, hey, I- I'm in for the next year. It's just a way to recommit um, uh, together as we partner together as uh, believers on mission. There's several ways that we partner together. We partner together, uh, three specific I'm going to point out this morning. We partner uh, in our gathering together. Our gatherings are important. So when we gather on Sunday morning, when we gather in our hope communities, when we gather in, in other, uh, whether it's sm- small groups or discipleship groups or whatever, we, we do so intentionally. We do so um, to encourage one another. We want to come alongside one another in the, the deepest, darkest moments of life and the greatest joys of life. We, we do this life together, and that's what we do. So we gather. So we, the Sunday morning gathering like this uh, is so important. It's important for us to encourage and to, to hug and to celebrate and to sing and to praise and to cry and to worship, all that together. It's, it's very important for us. It's important to get involved in a, in a smaller group. Uh, that's, that people that know you on a little deeper level, a little more intimately, a little more closely, where you share the things that are going on in your life and your family. It's a, it's, a, it's a step deeper than what we can do right here on Sunday mornings. We could dive deeper into the Word of God. You can ask questions. You can, um, lots of things can happen when we do those things and we gather together. So part of partnering at Hope Valley Church is, is, is gathering. It's important to gather together. And so we do that. Another part of, of uh, gathering, I mean, part of partnering at Hope Valley is our giving. Lord, guys, listen, the, the Lord has blessed this church uh, with a heart of giving that is absolutely, I was meeting with our leadership team this past week and just blown away by the generosity and the, and the giving hearts that the Lord has planted here at, at Hope Valley. Uh, and it's incredible. It's, it's incredible to see. It's incredible to be a part of. And giving is contagious. And so what, when, when you see somebody else giving towards something, it's like, I see that, you know, there's, there's people that I can point out right now that have such hearts just to give, and it, it inspires me, and it drives me to want to be like that in that way. Um, and so we put together a little video of uh, just some ways that our giving this past year, uh, that you're giving as a church family helped um, fund the mission that God has given to us. And so some specific, this is, not gonna, this is actually not all the ministry that's happened in the church, but these are some specific things that financially was, uh, because our church gave, was able to, um, the Lord was able to open up doors for us. So check out this uh, video. Hello, Hope Valley Church and Pastor Jared. Now, we thank you for your time. Hard to go always weekly for Dollar Win. Now, this day is apparently on the link, so thank you so very much and we appreciate uh, your kind people. Uh, please, uh, go all in your prayers. God bless you. Uh,
so cool is that the Lord allows us to be a part of those things. And so when we, when we give together collectively, he allows us to be on, you know, he opens up incredible doors. There was uh, several church plants that we were allowed, that we were able to help this year get started. Uh, a new church in, in Detroit and here in Blacksburg and then a continuation of the one in, in Canada and then of course the different places um, and different countries. And, and there was, uh, you know, a, a, brother, a pastor in Haiti that we were able to, to help get uh, shelter for his family, and there was, uh, you know, a church building in uh, Uganda that needed a roof that we were, like, lots, all those different things. There was families through the Agape Center here locally that were able to be, hundreds of families that were able to be fed as a result of our, um, our, our help and our collective effort with other churches uh, for the sake of, of others in our community. It's, it's the heart of giving, but it's the heart that you see at the very beginning in the hearts of the early believers. So in Acts chapter 2... Beginning in verse 42, just listen, just listen to the heart, the heartbeat of these new believers as they gathered together. It says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, and to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who were believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and their belongings and distributing to the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. We get a beautiful just glimpse into the life of the first, uh, the early church and the early believers as they gathered, as they shared, as they gave, and as the Lord blessed and multiplied in their, uh, in their midst. And so one way that we give, I mean, one way that we partner is through our gathering. Another way that we partner is through, 
is, is through our giving. And we don't, we don't talk a whole lot about giving, and, and I think it's just because we just have such a, a generous church. But we need to make sure that we're clear that giving is something that God is, has given to us as a gift. So that we, when we give, the Lord blesses, and it's something that, that we sh- this should be part of every single, pers- every single person's life. And so, yeah, we don't talk about it a whole lot, but in the, in the Bible, in the scriptures, uh, they talk about it a lot. There's a lot about giving. There's a lot about investing in what truly matters. And in fact, there's like more than 2,000 references to, to, to gifts and giving and helping and supplying needs. And it's, it's a big theme that echoes throughout Scripture. So three quick things as we think about our, our giving for all of us in our, in our own hearts, just so we are clear. Uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, actually chapter 8, and I, I'm not going to read it right now, but I want you to go back through it later. It's, it's a great way to just kind of think through as a family, um, what, are we, what are we doing, what are we investing in, and what, is that, what are some principles of, of giving? But here's just a few quick things that I think are, are important, and that is that giving should be a priority for every single one of us. Giving should be a priority, not, not an afterthought, not just giving God the leftovers, but it's something that it, the principle we see throughout scriptures is, is the principle of first fruits. That is that we give God the first and the best of everything that he has given to us. And it's, it's something that we do, uh, and we'll see in a moment, just out of, out of generous hearts, out of, out of um, cheerful hearts to, to the Lord. I remember one time I was in Uganda. We were in a, a, a gathering out in one of the villages in just a straw, uh, straw hut of a church building. I remember they came time to give offerings to the Lord and to bring their gifts to the Lord. And what they did was really sweet, though, because they would all come to the front. They would just leave it at the, at the front near the, the altar. There was one lady, I watched her, and she came up, and she had something covered up in a blanket. And when I, she got down to the front, she just laid out, and it was, it was corn and vegetables. And because and, she was giving all that she had. She didn't have money to give, but she gave what she had. And I just remember watching. It was just a beautiful expression of giving and worship to the Lord, just giving what the Lord had blessed her her with, and that's that's the the heart of of giving, and so it should be something that we that that we do. It's something that's expected of us. It's commanded of us. When Jesus said, "When you give," right? It's not if you give; it's when you give. So it's something that God has called all of us to. Uh, but giving should also be sacrificial. It should be something that we that we feel that we're not just giving like not just giving leftovers, not just giving like the idea is that it costs us something. You know, there's a there's a passage in in Second uh, Samuel twenty four, I think, where um, David's offering a is going to offer a sacrifice to the Lord, and someone comes to King David and says, "Oh, King David, here you go. Here's everything that you need for the offering. Here's what you need for to build the altar. Here's here's the oxen that you need. I'm just going to." And David says, I'm going to pay for it. He says, no, no, I'm going to give it to you. And David says, no, listen to me. I will not take this for free. Because this, this is what he says. He says, I will not offer to the Lord that which costs me nothing. So there's a, there's a cost. There's, there's, a, there's a sacrifice when we give to the Lord. And then finally, thirdly, uh, giving should be an act of worship. It's not something that we come and we begrudgingly, oh, I've got to give this. It's, no, it's an overflow of generous hearts that the Lord has blessed me more than I could possibly imagine. And so out of that abundance and out of that overflow and thanksgiving, I give as an act of worship. And so the Lord doesn't want somebody to give to him because, you know, oh, I think it's it's something that I just, I have to do. It's an obligation that I have. No, it's a joy that we get, and it's an expression of our worship. And so a lot of times now, I know with 
with giving that happens online, and we have a box over here for people to give, or maybe you're going to give to someone else in, in your neighborhood or your friend, wh- whatever. Um, sometimes we can lose the, uh, j- just that, the, the heart behind, okay, Lord, this is, I'm setting this aside for you. I'm giving this for you. You have blessed me. You have given me abundantly more than I could ever ask or imagine, and so I'm giving of an overflow to you. And here's what's so cool, though is that when we collectively partner together in our giving, then it funds the mission that God's given us. So then, like this past year, we, we, we set aside uh, 30% of our church budget. That's 30% of the budget to go to global missions, local missions, uh, church planting, and it, it all goes, doesn't stay here, it goes. And, uh, and so like this past year, I think we gave as a church, uh, 10000 of it was just to go help people go on mission trips. So like $10,000 just to help our church get out on mission, and, uh, and so you're going to see, uh, as we talk about budget next week uh, and all those things, you'll see exactly where all that goes, and you'll see how it, how it is distributed, and, uh, but the, the, the point is, is that we, we get to partner together and give for the sake of the mission that God has, has given us, so we get to partner in our gathering, we partner together in our giving, and then we get to partner together in our going, we partner together in our going, as that is, that we are a church on mission, we're a church on mission. So there's mission opportunities all throughout the year. Uh, we're just going to highlight a few. If you're thinking through, okay, what are some ways that I could be on mission um, you know, together as a church? We have uh, ministries that we partner with uh, here locally, like the Agape Center. Uh, and there's always needs there for mentors because it's a, it's a Christ-centered uh, ministry that we work with where every single person that comes and gets assistance also gets mentoring side-by-side side where they hear the gospel and, and the needs are met and and so the Agape Center is one way that we can help. Um, we partner with the, the PRC. There's different things throughout the year that we do to help and come alongside of them. Our Hope Communities, we try to funnel almost all of our outreach through our Hope Community Groups. So that means that if you're involved in a Hope Community, you have opportunities to, to as a group, find and identify people that have needs. And we get to work uh, together and meet needs and point people to Jesus. In fact, this year we're going to step that up and we're actually going to fund each of our Hope Communities with money and says, hey, your job this year is to spend this for the sake of people that are around you in your community. And so it's, it's gonna, we're putting action to those things and those ways to be on mission. We have fall festivals and, out, and local outreaches and, and community events and things that there's ways to be involved here. What I love is that some of you guys, like God has placed that burden so deep on your heart that you don't even care about these opportunities because you're so busy working on other opportunities that God's given you, and it's incredible, and I love hearing the way the Lord stirs in each of our hearts. But then we also have global mission opportunities where we can get out and beyond what we give, so we give, and that goes to support missionaries all over the world, Uh, but in addition to that, we have trips that we get to take, and so like, for example, we're going to Brazil in March. We're going to have a meeting right after church, right after here, as we talk about if you have questions about what that trip's going to look like. Uh, we have a, a trip to Uganda in June. We have a trip to Alaska in July. And we're praying about another trip possibly to Brazil in August. And so there's opportunities for you. If, you're, if the Lord's leading you and say, hey, it's time for you to take that step and be a part of a trip, then th- we have opportunities for you. Um, and even if it's not through Hope Valley, if you hear of somebody else, like there's we just want to encourage you to be about the mission of God around the world. So I say all that to say this. There is a, there is a corporate aspect 
and responsibility that we have as believers in Jesus to connect with a local church family. And if it's not Hope Valley Church, there's a lot of good churches that, that are around in our area that you can connect to, that your family can connect to. The important thing as a believer is that you're connected somewhere. And so our desire is that, yes, if you're here with us, that you would commit and connect and invest and be, and be here with us on the mission that God has, has placed in front of us. But that's not all this morning is about. So there is a, there's a corporate aspect, but then there's also a personal aspect. And that is where we pause in your own life. And as you think through, okay, Lord, what is it this year? Not looking around, not thinking about the person next to me, or think, but what is it that you are calling me to give my life to this year? Is there something uh, that I have allowed this year maybe to, to get in the way of the Lord's leading in your life? Another question I like to ask myself is, is does the Lord have my whole heart? Does he have everything? have your whole heart. In Psalm 139, I'm going to read a portion of this, and then we're going to land at the end. But I love how David voices this prayer to the Lord, and this may not be on the screen, guys, on the beginning part of 139, that's okay. So David says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and you know when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my laying down. You are acquainted with all of my ways. What does that mean? He knows you inside and outside. He knows everything that you're going to do before you do it. He knows everything that you think. It says in verse uh, 4, even before there's a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand on me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too high. I can't attain it. Where should I go from your spirit, or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you're there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand will lead me, and your right hand will hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and light shall be, uh, will be night, even the darkness is not dark to you, and the night is as bright as the day, for darkness is as light to you. God, you, you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed before me, as yet there were none of them. What is he saying? He's saying, God, you created me. You know the, the deepest parts of my soul. You know what stirs me. You know what hurts me. You know what, what grieves me. You know what excites me. You know everything about me. You know what my temptations are. You know what my struggles I'm facing right now. And this is what I love. So he's saying, Lord, that's you. That's who you are. And then at the end, he says, Oh, Lord, search me and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me. 
and then lead me in the way everlasting. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, show me. Show me what's inside my heart because he knows it better than we know it ourselves. We can often be even blinded to what's going on in ourselves. And so we pray, Lord, would you show me? Like this is what, that's what David's saying here. It's, it's, not, a, it's not a, hey, God, ch- I challenge you to see if there's something wrong with me. He's saying, Lord, I know there's things wrong with me. So would you show it to me? Would you open up my heart? Would you s- let me see? If there's any wicked way, if there's anything that's contrary to you, would you show me? So that's, my, that's what we're going to do right now. So right now, if you came in, you, you should have received a, a little handout that has Psalm 139 on the top and just some simple questions. This is going to be a moment for all of us as a church family to press pause, to reflect. Say, Lord, search me. Show me. If you're online and you don't have this, you might want to get a piece of paper out and you could fill in these. I'm going to read some of these. As I read them, I want you to think on them and ask the Lord. This is just some ways to get you started as you ask the Lord to see. Are there relationships that I've broken because of something that I've said or done? Is there a sin in my life that I need to forsake confess is there someone I need to forgive have I grown or wavered in my faith this past year how much time did I actually spend with the Lord in prayer studying his word How did I do in loving others? How was I this year in loving my wife? Loving your husband? Your children? Your neighbors, co-workers? The lost friends that God has brought around you? How did I steward my resources this past year? My time, how to spend my money, the gifts that God's given me. Is there something that I'm holding on to? Is there something that needs to be surrendered to the Lord? And I would even encourage you as the Lord begins to show you you would even just jot down a prayer from your own heart to him. Whatever that is, confession, thanksgiving, praise, whatever that might be. So I'm going to be quiet for a moment, and I would encourage you to think through these, press pause in your own heart, and ask the Lord to speak.
love that last part. After the Lord shows you, then it's this prayer of lead me in the way everlasting. Because my way, the way that I desire to go sometimes, the way that I want to go, it's not the right way. It leads to destruction, but his way, his way is perfect. His way isn't always easy, but it's perfect. So Lord, would you lead us that way? as a church we we come before you and we bow before you humble our hearts before you there's a lot that may happen this year that we don't even know about yet but Lord we can give it to you lay it in your hands we can trust you. Lord, would you work in us? Work in us hearts of humility and repentance, faithfulness. Things that do not come naturally to us. So Holy Spirit, would you Give us a sensitivity of your spirit to, to you and your leading in our lives. Lead us this year. Lead our families. Would you use us for your glory? In your name we pray. Amen. Worship team, would you guys come on up? We're going to... There's a song has been on my heart this week several songs really um, one of them is just a, a song of surrender it's a song of surrender you know I, I read about a Christian counselor in New York City Whenever he would counsel with someone who was wrestling with the, with, with the area of surrender, giving over to the Lord what only he can handle. Instead of trying to do it on our own. Whenever he was finding someone who was really struggling with that, he would take him outside of his office. He would walk him down to Rockefeller Center in New York City where the big famous statue that was built in like the 30s, it's called Atlas. It's the man, the big strong man who's holding the globe on his shoulders. Have you guys ever seen pictures of that? It's um, a, a big, famous statue where this man is literally straining and holding the weight of the world. And he said, I, I, he said, I'll take that, them and I would show them that statue and say, this is one way to live. 
You can, you can do this. You can try to live like this if you want. He said, or then I would take them across the street to St. Patrick's Cathedral. And they have a statue there. It's actually a young child Jesus. And he's holding the world in one hand effortlessly. And he said, you can live like that. Or you can place your whole world in the hands of Jesus. One thing I've been learning this week about surrender is that you have to do it over and over and over. Because there's times when, even this week, that have been really hard. And, and I'm going to surrender to the Lord and I'll say, okay, Lord, I'm giving this to you. And then just a moment later, I feel like I'm trying to pick it up again. Hold it, hold it on myself. And, and then I feel like the Lord is saying, Jared, uh-uh. you gave that to me. You gave it to me. And so I have to surrender again and again. Lord, I give you my family, my finances, my marriage, my job my plans, my security, my retirement, my fears, my disabilities, my, my hurts, my frustrations. I give you everything. And that's where we have to be. We're going to sing this song, and here's, here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to close this thing out. Um, as the band sings, would you just listen? You can sing along with them. You can listen to the words. I pray that this would be the prayer of all of our hearts. If you need somebody to pray with you, Pastor Kevin's going to be over here. Penny's right over here as well. There's others that are available. Um, from, from my heart this morning, I'm going to be right here. I'm gonna, I need to see the Lord, and so I'm going to be on my knees right here. Maybe you want to join me. Maybe you want to come forward. You just want to pour out your heart before the Lord. You just want to lay it out there and say, Lord, I surrender. I'm giving it all to you. Because that's where I'm going to be. Um, But whatever it is that the Lord's doing in your heart, that's what this time is right now. Bam, would you lead us?